All right, welcome everybody to the uh, Living Stories podcast, and we got Randy, and uh, I was I was just going to say your last name, but I realized I don't think I've ever pronounced it, so I, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Dude, it's all right. Not many people can pronounce it, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to let the mystery. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, so <laughs> what is it? Nope. But I guess, you, yeah, all right. I guess we'll never know. But your first name's Randy. We know that much. So that's yeah. Hey, half half the battle there. Yep. <laughs> so um, Randy is he just he, you um, you lead the uh, the worship at the at, the, at our church and Living yeah. Stones Fernley, and do a number of other things, especially right now with the uh, all the online services. I know we were just talking about that. You've been editing the service for tomorrow, being online. So yeah, do a lot of stuff around the church, and you're also my newest uh, my newest neighbor, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> right down the street. Yeah. Awesome. So, how's Fernley treating you since you've been out here? Oh, it's great, man. Um, I know last night, uh, driving downtown, there was a little like appreciation, um, cruise, you know, downtown, uh, people were cruising, mm -hmm. uh, and it was really cool. Just honking their horns, just saying thank you to everyone for, um, staying indoors, uh, as best as possible and, and saying thank you to first responders and, uh, people that are serving the community right now. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know about that. I must. Oh, think. yeah, it was pretty what, cool. What time was that? Um, it was around six ish. Ah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know about that. I didn't yeah. even see anything on like any of the uh, community chats on Facebook or anything like that either. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, man, why am I driving so slow? Right now? <laughs> and then I saw a bunch of people. I was like, oh, that's got to be something, you know, city yeah. plan or something like that. That's cool. So, um, yeah, we'll get into your, into your story here, your testimony. Um, before I do though, I think I'm going to start asking people this question. I wish I would have thought about this last week and asked him cause I'm curious. I want to hear, I'm just going to ask him now cause I want to know, but, uh, I think it's a good opener. Um, leading into your story. Um, what is your favorite, um, story in the Bible? I mean, aside from the resurrection, cause that's kind of the ultimate church answer and that's yeah. cheating. <laughs> but other than that, like what, what's your favorite, uh, what, like what story in the Bible really, you know, resonates with you? Wow. Um, man, that's a, that's a great question because, um, the story that, that resonates the most with me in, in scripture is actually a part of my testimony. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, we don't have so, to ruin it then. We can done. wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's the prodigal son story. Ah. Uh, 15. Um, and so, yeah, as we, as we go into my testimony some more, you'll see some kind of parallels between, uh, myself and the prodigal son. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's, I love that story. Um, either that one or, um, oh man, I have to say, uh, Jesus and the woman at the well, the Samaritan oh. woman at the well. Yeah. Uh, it's such an awesome story. And I, I love how, um, Jesus, like when, when the woman says, um, you know, I don't have a husband, mm. Jesus says like, yeah, you're right. You've had five husbands <laughs> and, and the guy you're living with right now isn't even your husband. Yeah. And it's just like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I read that for the first time. I was like, Oh man. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. That was, um, I, I love the story of redemption um, mm -hmm. that, that that offers um, yeah. encouragement that um, you know of, of new life of living water that that Jesus promises uh, when we follow Him. Yeah, cool. 
All right. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll just get into your, into your story then, and then we'll see how the, that story with the prodigal son, you know, ties into, to, to your story. Yeah. So, yeah. Just whenever you're ready, man, go, go for it. Cool. Well, I mean, um, as every, as a, as a lot of testimonies start out, uh, you know, I grew up in the church. Um, and that's such a weird thing to say. Like I grew up in the church. What does that even mean? <laughs> uh, so, um, actually I grew up in two different churches. Um, I grew up, um, so my parents are divorced. And so half the time I, I grew up in a Pentecostal, um, very charismatic church. Um, and then on the other side, I, I grew up on a non-denominational, um, church, very, um, laid back, um, definitely less conservative. Um, so I had these kind of different, differing views of who God was. Um, at one church, I heard that God, um, God loved you, but, uh, we were just minutes away from his wrath and he, um, you know, that every sin, um, was telling God that you hate him, that you are against him. Uh, and then at another church was hearing that God is love and God is forgiveness. Um, and so it was hard just navigating that growing up and, uh, kind of determining what, what I believe for my own, uh, truth, uh, based in scripture. And so, um, as I grew up in the church, I was, uh, definitely very involved, um, serving in, um, the youth group that I attended. Um, and I loved that. I loved being around kids, uh, who loved Jesus. And, um, I, since growing up in the church, I knew what to say. I knew all the right answers, but I didn't necessarily believe it. It wasn't like something, um, that I took ownership of. Um, I just wanted to be like the cool kids and the cool kids were the, the kids that loved Jesus and they were raising their hands during worship. And, um, and so I did that. And, uh, so it was, um, it was, it was kind of a journey to see, um, throughout junior high and then high school, um, starting to make faith my own. Um, and I think that started, I think freshman or sophomore year, uh, going to a high school winter camp. Um, that was a, one of the first experiences I ever had in, um, kind of those raw, authentic um, moments of worship where you're just on your face, just crying and just experiencing the presence of God so thick. Uh, like when the, when the Holy Spirit came to the, into the temple and, or when the Spirit came into the temple and it was just so thick, it was like a cloud. Um, that was like, it was like one of those experiences, you know, mm-hmm. where um, it was almost tangible. Like I could grasp the yeah. Spirit, you know, it was, it was so heavy there. Um, and so that's when um, I really started to um, uh, discover faith of my own mm-hmm. and, and really um, started to pursue worship um, because music was something that I loved. Um, I had played drums for a few years at that time. And so I joined the worship team in high school and uh, was playing drums and really fell in love with worship music. And I continued that. and then. Um, you know, as every high schooler uh, does, the you know, we, uh, every high school guy tries to impress, you know, as many girls as possible. So uh, one of the ways I, I um, saw my friends doing that was by picking up a guitar and singing. And so I figured, you know, one of my friends, he wasn't too good looking, but man, that guy could, could get any girl he wanted. Because that guitar. Oh, yeah. Gets, every time. Guitar. Gets him over time, yep. So I, I figured if, I, if, he could, if he could get girls to like him, I could get girls to like me. Yeah. So uh, I started learning how to play uh, guitar and to sing and 
um, I actually had promised God that um, if, if he were to help me uh, learn how to play the guitar, I would use it for his glory and I would lead worship. Um, and so that's something that uh, to this day, I cannot take credit for any skill <laughs> or anything because um, to be honest, I've, I've never practiced as much as I should have. Um, I've never had coaching. I've never had training like I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I truly believe that God has um, kind of honored that promise that I made when I was 15 years old and he blessed um, me musically so that way I could be able to bless uh, his name through worship and to bless other people and encourage them um, to worship and to fall in love with worship. So, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And so <laughs> I love doing that all throughout uh, the remainder of high school. Um, and that was my identity. I was the president of the Christian club at school. Um, I, I was, I was the, the cool Christian kid in, in the, uh, in the youth group and everything. And that was, that was just my identity. I, every, every week I was at church, you know, two or three times a week and, um, all of my friends were at church and, and everything like that. And so, uh, when I, after I turned 18, I joined the Navy, um, and I got stationed in Virginia beach and, um, that was actually my first time where I had freedom. I didn't have my parents saying, Hey, Randy, you have to be in bed at this time, or you have to be home at this time, or, uh, don't hang out with these people. So I, I had free reign to do whatever I wanted. Um, and so I, I definitely, um, listened to some, uh, more negative influences in my life. Um, and definitely started getting involved in, um, partying a lot and drinking a lot. And, um, and that was just a slow, uh, slow pattern of, of just getting way in over my head with these kind of selfish desires. Um, and during that time that I was in Virginia for seven months, I didn't pray once and I didn't read my Bible once. Um, and so I kind of had this identity crisis. This, this part of who I was, was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I struggled to be the person that I was before I was, I was a jerk to girls a lot. Um, I definitely mistreated a, a lot of women that, um, I've had to forgive myself, um, as time has gone by. Um, I've treated some friends really poorly during that time. Um, and so, and most of all, I, I, I've treated God very uh, badly during that time. I, I had heard, um, his convictions because the Holy spirit was, living inside of me, but I shoved that out of the way because I wanted my own selfish um, desires to be fed because it was fun for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't fulfilling. I knew there was a part of my life that was missing, yeah. um, but still I, I continued to ignore that. Um, and then I, I went home to visit my family uh, and I went to church with them and um, actually I, I grabbed one of my old high school leaders, Chad. Um, I grabbed him and I said, Hey man, can you come with me? There's like a little room, um, a little like prayer room that they set up with a couple of couches and stuff. And, uh, just if, if you want to pray during the service or whatever, you can just go in there and have some quiet time. Um, and so I sat down in there with Chad and, um, I just started sobbing and, uh, is one of those moments, like I mentioned earlier, where um, the Holy Spirit was so tangible, was right there in the room. Um, 
and and I just I felt Chad put his arm around me and pray for me and um and it was one of those moments where um I I had realized the life that I had uh with God and the identity that I had as his child um as something that was missing in my life and so um right there I, I said hey God like I want you to become the the center of my being again. I want you to take over my life. Um, and so I kind of, I rededicated my life to Christ that day. Um, that was uh, over six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been, it's been awesome to um, maintain that relationship with Chad, my old high school leader. Uh, actually, I just talked to him last week and I, I just shared him, shared with him this story um, of how much he has played as such a huge part in my life. Wow. Um, he, you know, he's in tears, I'm in tears. And, um, you know, he doesn't understand the, the impact that he had, um, as he was just a friend just there, um, to help me guide me back to where I, um, belonged. Yeah. And so w- one of the things that I, I, I find so remarkable about my story, um, is that once I was able to recognize my wrongdoings and turn back toward the father, he was, he was right there. He met me there. Um, and so it was, uh, from that day, just an overwhelming, um, sense of his presence and, um, just an understanding of, of love, a, a, a genuine love that I never, um, experienced for myself before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a love that, you know, we sing songs that says your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. And that was the love that I had experienced that night in that, in that mm-hmm. prayer room was, you know, once I was there to turn around, God was, God was right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh that's pretty much my story there. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about that story? Um there's I think there's a lot of people that can resonate with that because you you know, I, I grew up in church as well and um I had a little taste of freedom also when I was eighteen. Um and I got out of high school. I moved to moved all the way across the country, you know, from California to Pennsylvania, I lived out there for a year. And, um, I, I lived with my grandparents, but they, I definitely wasn't, um, I didn't have the same, like you said, restrictions. Like it was, you know, I was an adult. I was, I was well supposed to be going to college when I was out there and I, and I kind of did, but anyway, um, and, and they, and I, I had a lot more freedom. So, and at that time I drove, <laughs> this was back in 2001 and I drove, uh, an, um, a 1990 Honda Civic hatchback. And it was the SI and it was back when it was, you know, fast and furious days. Cause that movie came out that summer and I spent all my stupid money on that car and thought it was going to help me with the girls and all that stuff. But, um, it didn't cause ironically enough, I had that car when I met Renee and she hated it. So <laughs> that was the irony of that. But when I was out there for that year and I had that freedom and I got sucked into that, that, um, there wasn't a lot to do in that town. It was a smaller town and, um, it, but there was a, a pretty heavy, street racing and car club, um, like, you know, nightlife that was out there during that time, especially since the, the, all the, you know, imports and stuff were getting popular and that movie was popular. And I mean, I got into, into that crowd and, and I mean, I I was racing people, I mean, going to uh, scheduled illegal drag races and stuff like that and participating in them. And, you know, doing all this stuff. And I found myself going from, I mean, I was going to a church out there too, but I don't think they were the best in the, the friends I met, they were in the best influence because we were all doing the same thing, you know? 
And, um, and it, and when I came back after being out there for a year, just to visit my family and I went to the church that, um, I, I had been, I was going to before moving out there and it was like, Whoa, like I am so far away from where I should be right now. And it just kind of snapped me back to this isn't, this isn't right. So I actually made the decision then just to move back before I got too far down that trail out there. But I mean, it's, it's, it is that taste of freedom. And I, and I, I mean, growing up in church and then going and, and growing up around a group of people that you go through, you know, youth group, um, all the way from, uh, some of them all the way from even, I mean, I went to the, I grew up in that church. So some of them were even, you know, I knew them as kids and we've been friends since we were kids and then youth group and high school, all that stuff. And then, and they, a lot of them have had the same thing and, you know, some of them come back and some of them don't, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people that grow up in church can relate to that. And, and some people might be listening to this and they're going through that right now as well, you know, where they're getting that taste of freedom. Yeah. Well, that's why I love the story of the prodigal son. Um, in Luke 15, it talks about, uh, the son that, that basically goes to his father and says, um, dad, I want my inheritance basically saying, I wish you were dead. You're useless to me other than what you can provide for me. Yeah. Um, and then he takes that money and, and goes and lives this lavish life. And, and that's, that's what I did. I lived this on the surface, lavish life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was the life of the party. Everyone loved to see me. Um, you know, everyone loved to drink with me and, and have a good time. Um, but I didn't have any, like I had like two good friends. That was it during that time. Yeah. Um, and then like in the story, um, the, the son just continues down this, this, um, staircase of just bad decisions and, yeah. and bad things happening to him to where he's one day, um, just eating in this food, in this pig trough, uh, eating slop and, and realizing, man, even my, at my own house, the servants, uh, my dad's servants are eating way better than I am. Yeah. Like, let me, he, he swallows his pride and says, let me go back to my dad and see if he'll take me in as a servant. Yeah. Um, and so he, he musters that courage and, and starts walking that way. And um, what I love about the scripture is it says, um, while, while he was still a far ways away, his father started running toward him yeah. um, and met him and, and just, no questions asked, just hugged him. Yep. Uh, I, <laughs> I love that it says he, he hugs him, he slaps a ring on his finger and throws a robe on his back. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just this idea of ownership. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying that a ring is ownership of, you know, husband, <laughs> but a family ring is like, you belong to that family. Right. Um, you belong to, uh, to us. That's your identity in that, at that time. And so, um, I love that because, you know, the parallels with that story is that we are the prodigal son mm-hmm. um, that stray away from our heavenly father. Yeah. Um, but once we realize that he's, um, that our life was, was better in his care and in his provision, um, our heavenly father's there and running after us and, um, and throws his, his ring on us and, and his, his robe, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He throws Jesus on us, and and that's the ownership that we have, um, yeah. in our identity now is is found in Jesus, yeah, and and that makes us heirs to what our Father has, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
You know, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I was just, I was just sitting here, um, thinking that, um, you know, you, you had said something about, uh, you said that, uh, in that story where they talk about how even the, the servants at his father's house were eating more lavishly than he was. Cause he, you know, he'd hit rock bottom and stuff. And I was thinking, um, when I, when I, <laughs> when I was obsessed with that car out there and I spent all my money on that car, I would actually be out hanging out with my friends all day long, but because that car came before everything else. Um, I like, we'd be out from like morning until night and I would, um, save my money so that I could spend it on that car and do more improvements to that car to the point where we would go out to eat and I wouldn't eat anything all day long because I didn't want to spend any of my money that I was making on food. And, and I wouldn't let them buy me food because I had money. I could have bought it, but I was such a, a slave to that car and that, that thing that, uh, I was, you know, um, it's just the irony in that. And then on top of that, like the, this podcast was stories of freedom. And here I was talking about, you know, when, when you, when you get out, when, when you, when you went to the military and you were out there and you had that, that freedom and I had, uh, freedom out there. And that's what you see is that you turn 18, you got the freedom to make choices, but that, that's all it is. It's just a freedom to make a choice. It's not true yeah. freedom if you start getting caught up in that stuff because then you become a slave to the world. And the yeah. true freedom is when you come back. Yeah. Um, and you don't realize that until, I mean, like you said, he embraces you and, uh, you know, and brings you right back. And, and you know you're part of that family. And there's nothing more freeing than knowing that you're, you're part of the family of God and that you belong there and not with the world. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Praise God. Yeah. So, but yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. So, um, you said that was about six years ago. So, um, how, how old were you around that time? Uh, I was 18. You were 18. Okay. So all that happened pretty quick then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, so I joined the Navy in, uh, February of 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I just went on my seven month hiatus, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, until pretty much the end of, uh, 2014. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, well, there you go. I mean, that was a <laughs> pretty, pretty quick story and, uh, you know, um, but there's a lot there. And like I said, there's a lot of people there that I think can, can relate. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> you said a lot of stories start off that way. Like I grew up in church and that's how my story starts too. I grew up in church, but I hear, I hear the two most common things I hear is either I grew up in church or, um, I grew up in Catholic church. <laughs> Those are the two most common things I hear. And, and here I am, I grew up in church and Renee grew up in, in Catholic church. So, you know, and not that there's, I'm not like, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of those things at all. But, um, you know, there's, there's stories that come out of, there's a, there's a baseline for faith that, that comes out of both of those. So, you yeah. know, I know I, I remember growing up, um, I used to, I used to be embarrassed to share my testimony because, mm-hmm. you know, it was before this time in my life, it was just that, that I had grown up in church and God had sustained uh, my life that was it yeah. um, but now looking back I, I I think how grateful I am uh, for my parents um, you know having the obedience to raise me in a church yeah uh, answering that call uh, from God as 
as he has charged my parents to raise me um, in the truth and to um, investigate scripture and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So to anyone listening that, um, you know, has kids that is, that are growing up in the church and, and that's awesome. You know, it, it's awesome to see that. And it's, it's, um, it's encouraging. I know for me to see other people that grew up in the church and, and that are still in church, uh, because I think it's, it's, I, I don't know any statistics on it, but I know um, that it's, it's a remarkable number of people that grow up in church and then um, choose to not follow Christ after that um, yeah. and, and walk away from their faith. And so it's, um, yeah, hopefully um, people listening are, are encouraged by someone that grew up in church and is still here, you know, two people that <laughs> grew up in church and are, are here uh, into adulthood and um, have found the love of God as, you know, as adults and have, have known his love for our own selves yeah. uh, rather than just what our parents have, have taught us. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an important part of everybody's walk with God at some point. I mean, you have to, you grew up in church and I know for me, I mimicked my family, like my parents, I mimicked uh, my youth pastor. I mimicked my pastor, like people that I looked up to. I know I, I mimicked and, and that seems to be a, a theme for people that, that grow up in church. And at some point they have a, like an aha moment or an experience, whether, you know, it's because they, they go and they try living out in the world and like, whoa, this isn't, you know, what I want. Or um, somehow they just, they, something happens where they, they learn to make that, that faith more authentic, you know, and make it more, more their own faith and, and have that, that re- deep relationship with God. But um, I think it's important, like you said, to raise your kids in the church because if I hadn't have been raised in the church, I know that if when I went out and started, you know, finding this crowd of people that were, you know, into street racing and things like that, it was the cool thing to do at the time. And it was, um, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. And I, and I was in a pretty good, big group of people at that time. So it felt good to me that, you know, I was accepted by this, this uh, group of people and uh, we were, we were out doing something that we love to do every week. Um, and I don't think I would have recognized the dangers of that and, you know, the, the traps in that and the, the downward spiral that it could take you the rest of your life when you get so sucked up into that, like, you know, just the, the sin of the world. Yeah. So it is important to, to raise your kids just so they have that foundation and they understand that, you know, they, they experience a little bit of that. They see that as a kid. And um, I know for me, just watching my parents lead by example was probably the best. Um, they never really forced me once I got old enough to go to church. They never forced me to go to church. They told me I didn't have to go to church um, if I didn't want to, but they wanted me to go. And I looked at their life and I went, well, they got a pretty good life. You know, they're happy together and they seem to have their stuff together compared to a lot of my other friends' parents and stuff. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to follow in their footsteps and just leading by example, I think is the best way. Yeah. that that your kids will see you know and and they always showed god's love to to me my sister our friends that came over i mean anybody was welcome in our home so yeah i didn't i didn't get a choice growing up <laughs> yep you're going to church yeah <laughs> but it's funny when when i um when i had that season where i was doing my own thing uh there were two voices i heard in my head uh, my mom's saying randy you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> And Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit yeah. was basically saying the same thing. So, kids, Holy yeah. Spirit sounds like your mom a lot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, you just made me, made me think of something that, uh, Shay, uh, pastor Shay that's come out and spoken said, and, uh, <laughs> this one, maybe the kids want to turn it down for a moment. Cause it was kind of funny, but, uh, it, uh, he said, uh, he would always hear, or his, his mom, I think it was his mom would tell him uh, not to be out late. Cause there was only two things open at two o'clock in the morning and that was bars and legs. So he needed to be home by two in the morning. <laughs> good ever happens at 2 a.m. That's yeah. what I met your mother taught me. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that made me laugh. So anyway, but yeah, it's those voices that you hear. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on and, um, all the stuff that you're, you're doing with the church, you know, uh, right now. And I know you're, you're putting in a lot of work and a lot of time and, into it um we've a lot a lot of new responsibilities and new things to figure out with the online world um but but i mean i told tim last week and i'll tell you you guys are doing a great job with it and and it's cool to see the church just keep keep moving through all of this and through this this time and just evolving you know yeah this is this is what i love to do i uh i have no doubt in my mind that god put me on this earth to to serve uh to serve the church and to do it well Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, a huge passion of mine is to uh, just roll up my sleeves and, and say, Hey, whatever, whatever needs to be done. You know, I'm God gave me a wide variety of skills. Like, I, I like to call myself a Jack of all trades, master of none. Um, as long as you don't need anything <laughs> yeah. like physically built, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. Need to build something. Yeah. I, I, I can't do that, but yeah. unless it's Ikea furniture that has like, <laughs> a whole list of, step-by-step directions yeah all just pictures you know they don't even need words they just got pictures yeah (laughs) yeah so all right man well thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah no problem i appreciate you taking the time i know you had a busy day so um yeah all right well um for everybody out there tuning in um thanks for coming back and and you know um tuning in again for for week two of living stories and i think your episode 29 total of the podcast so um i'm I'm excited to get it going again it actually we had a really good um a really good week back there was actually a lot of people that tuned in so keep tuning in we're gonna keep uh just fine-tuning this and figuring it out and uh um as i spend more time on it and we got some good stories coming too i mean i've talked to a couple people this week already um, that, that want to come on. So, uh, it's, it's, yeah, got some pretty good feedback already. So, um, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, I guess until, until next time then, um, yeah, God bless.